on a hot summer night. Would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. Again, will he offer me his hunger? Yes. And will he starve without me? Yes. And does he love me? Yes. Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. Hello and welcome to the Eurovision Division podcast, the podcast where we listen to all songs in this year's Eurovision Song Contest before this year's Eurovision Song Contest. As always, I'm your host, Jeroen. And I am your co-host, Mira. Also, welcome to our candlelight vigil for Jim Steinman, the greatest songwriter in living history. It's, it's R.I.P. King. He gave us so much. He gave us so much. I, yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. It must have been while you were kissing me. Excuse me. He gave us, it's all coming back to me now. He gave us total eclipse of the heart. He gave us tons of opinion. He gave us Bad Out of Hell. The musical? <laughs> now that's a different story altogether. Ah, oh, no. Bad Out of Hell, the, the album, one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, it's camp. If you want to know what camp is, that's camp. That's real camp. That's Eurovision, baby. What? Hold on. You're making a face. No, I, I, uh, it, it, it's just that I have the uh, Wikipedia page Jim Steinman discography open, and it does say in the, in the subheading Musicals and Soundtracks Collaborations, Shrek 2. Um, now, I'm going to assume that's holding out for a hero, maybe? No way. Okay, you look it up, because now I'm... He wrote Shrek 2. He wrote, he wrote uh, the movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, Holding Out for a Hero was in fact written by Jim Steinman. Fucking insane! Yeah. The uh, greatest songwriter in living history. Hey, you know, another Bonnie Tyler track. Uh, Bonnie Tyler, who of course represented the United Kingdom at Eurovision in 2012? I mean, he wrote It's All Coming Back to Me Now, by, um, performed by Celine Dion. 13, 2013. But yeah, he wrote a song, he wrote uh, It's All Coming Back to Me Now, uh, performed exquisitely by uh, Celine Dion, but performed even more exquisitely in uh, Bad Out of Hell, the musical, which I don't believe we've ever talked about on the podcast, and which feels like the kind of thing that we talk about on the podcast. Exactly. I do have to interject, though, that it was performed even more exquisitely by me in a Berlin karaoke bar. Sure, yeah, I mean... <laughs> at 2 a.m., I must have that video somewhere. <laughs> However, Bad Out of Hell the musical, truly Let me one in. of the most enjoyable musicals okay, I've ever us, been to, but that's for a very specific reason. Let us paint you a picture here. Um, Halloween I believe, night. I, I was going to say, I believe it is October 31st. 2017. Was it? 
Pretty sure. It was something along those lines, yeah. Or 2016. Uh, we are in the wonderful city of London. Um, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, we like we like a musical. What we decided to do on that uh, Halloween night was grab the moment, as Joust would have said. Oh, God. And uh, we went and saw Bad Out of Hell, the musical. A very special performance of Bad Out of Hell. Yes, that Halloween night was a sing-along performance of Bad Out of Hell, the musical, with music by Jim Steinman. So they had all the lyrics on the screens. And little screens that protected the lyrics. And the entire audience was invited and encouraged. Yeah, not only allowed, but but encouraged. uh, To sing along at the top. Top of their voices, which we did gladly. And now, if you thought, well, they were only able to name about five Jim Steinman songs, how could they possibly sing along to an entire musical? Well, the thing with Jim Steinman songs is that they are so predictable, sounds negative, but it's actually just like you feel the natural progression of the song. Like, you feel where it's about to go. If you have the lyrics in front of you, you know what the song is about to sound like. So there were many, many songs. <laughs> Not many, many, but like there was a good couple songs that I was singing along to basically perfectly. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> during most of those songs, yeah. you would turn to me and go, Wait, you know this song? Do you know this one? Do you know this song? And I said, no, I have never heard this song in my life, but I know how it goes. It was so, it was such good energy. There were people sitting behind us who were bad out of hell, the musical stands. They were like they cosplaying loved the show. They were cosplaying the, the costumes of the show, and they were like going for their nineteenth time. No, no, no! I don't think it was nineteen. I think it was nine. You you've made it ten times crazier than it already it is. It was already so crazy. Like I the think amount nine... of money. They weren't even from London either. They like went on separate trips. I'm pretty sure they just said it's our ninth time seeing it, and we went. Whoa! Um, and I believe that was at intermission when we were also when they were like, "Have you seen it before?" Because we were just vibing to it so much. And we, we were, were like, yeah, we no. were sweating. We were like so into and we it. We were like, "When is it's all coming back to me now?" Because obviously that's going to be the crux of the show. Absolutely. Uh, a little spoiler here: it really isn't. Isn't it like the mom and dad? It's the mom and dad. And it's the main characters. It's ev- it's all of all four of what are the main characters who have like a romantic plot. They all sing "It's All Coming Back to Me Now," and I'm like, no, this is a one person song. You need one person there for seven minutes. And now, usually, usually, usually on the podcast, we like our songs to be three minutes and not a second longer. Not if they're Jim Steinman. But for songs. Jim Steinman, you can't get anything done in three minutes. 
I'm so devastated. It's not that he was, like, he's not, like, Sparks still making a new yeah. album and an opera music, rock opera musical starring Marion Cotillard and same, Adam In the Trimer. same year that we are still expecting to watch uh, a documentary about uh, yeah. the Mel Brothers. Directed by Edgar Wright. So there's a lot going on with Sparks now, and it's like, I'm glad that they There's, are... like, 76. Like, one of them, at least, is, like, 70. 26 years old. Yeah. Uh, and I, mean, I think like, it's Ron, who we saw like tearing up the stage in Den Haag. Now we have talked about that. Uh, this is the incident where we were carded because we were the youngest people. Because we there were the youngest people at the Sparks at concert. 25, and people assumed we were someone's kids. Uh, because the only other people like close to our age at the concert were in fact like yeah someone's teenage kids our generation needs to get needs to get into sparks we have had this conversation to the letter on the podcast um but it's it's always funny just that we were like wait sorry you want to see our id like to know how old we are we're 25 (laughs) and upon which the, the the girl behind the bar who you know i think was probably also in her 20s because she was like Tending the bar at a at a venue, yeah. you know, <laughs> looked at our ideas and looked at us and was like, "Wait, sorry, why did I ask for that?" <laughs> Which is in in true contrast to uh, America, where you know people would not believe people would be furious if you showed them uh, your legal government ID that said you were twenty eight, and they'd be like, "But does this card that has a microchip in it does it bend?" <laughs> They'd be like, it would be better if you brought, like, a grainy photocopy of your passport. We'd believe that. We'd this believe that. hard plastic card with a full microchip in it. A photo of you on the front, your date of birth, your everything on a little card. Your place of birth. Yeah, like, I, I understand. It's from Belgium. You haven't seen it. But don't try and bend and break it. What's this podcast about? That's the part of the show where we talk about something random that just happened. Uh, After that, we talk about Eurovision songs. Fuck yes. Um, Now you said that like Jim Steinman's music is is so organic almost that you know what's coming. Like you know what to expect. Therefore, um, we are choosing a theme here where it's it's very hard to, to know what to expect. The biggest mystery on the board. Uh, the biggest mystery on the board, indeed. We are going for blank is blank. Jim Steinman is dead. This would be a possible answer. Mira is devastated. Yeah, this these could all be possible answers to the question, blank is blank? I have no idea what to expect here. Help me out. I have in this category three songs for you. Okay. Each of which with a t- with a title that fits within the format of blank is blank. Okay. What, what, um. There's at least one that is love is. Okay. Am I correct? We are going to try and put together three song titles. I have three lines here. Each have written blank is. Blank. We're gonna have to find a title uh, to go on each line, hopefully getting three songs out of it. 
by the end. You're going to give me a jumble of words? Gonna, I'm going to give you a jumble of words, and we are going to try and... I'm, I'm going to have you guess how they fit together. Okay. And as soon as you're able to, like, say, I know this one is definitely right, we can go for that song. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Shit. I should stop saying awesome after I went on a rant about that. Um, I want to apologize for something I said in the late the last episode. In the last episode, I said that I'm so awesome, come and get some is the worst line of this year. But I completely forgot that El Diablo existed. Just the entirety of El Just Diablo. Just the entirety yeah. of that song. So, like, of course it wasn't the worst line this year. I will confirm for you. Okay, game. Love, love yes! Love is one of the words. The rest is going to be... Only one love? Yeah. Only wow. one love in here. The rest is going to be a little bit harder to get. So I will just reveal these words uh, in an arbitrary order. The. the. Side, my, up, rising, old, moon, growing, getting, on. Okay. If you would like the I, post-its to work with, no, no, we no, can do that. No, I can do it like this. I know 100% certain that one of the, <laughs> these songs is titled, The Moon is Growing. <laughs> the Moon is Growing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, you are you're a hundred percent sure of that 100% one. Hundred percent sure. The moon is growing, or the moon is old. Okay, the moon. I is mean, old. it is. Uh, if that is if that is so, what do you think the other two titles are? Mm. If you want to write these on posters, no, I puzzle. don't want to write them on poster. Mm. You don't want to make the puzzle. You don't want to make it easy on yourself. I will of course, Love is getting old. I will, of course, <laughs> I will, of course, tweet out the graphic here so that you can all play along at home. Love is getting old. Love okay, is... the moon is growing. Love is getting old. Uh-huh. Which leaves us with... <laughs> On my rising upside. Shit, that doesn't have is in it. <laughs> my upside is rising on. On my side. Rising up is on my side. I think on my side is one. Yeah, you're getting you're getting somewhere. Uh, yeah, I got all of them. I used all the words. Uh, I'm, used all, I'm fully you, correct. You used all the words, and there's no other way that they could possibly fit together. Yeah. Um, I'm sad to say that you got none of them right on that. your first attempt. None of them are correct. <laughs> okay, but I feel like spiritually, to me, they are correct. So tell me, what do you think a song? Um, which which of those three do you wish was real the most? I mean, for a Jim Steinman song, yeah. the moon is growing. The moon is growing. <laughs> for a Eurovision song, or a Jim Steinman song also, actually, love is getting old. Love is getting old? Yeah. I think love is getting old could be, like, a, a tongue-in-cheek, like, stop making so love songs, love song, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. That could be actually a really good song. That could be cute. That's not it. <laughs> okay. Um, the moon is on my side. <laughs> the moon is rising up. The moon is rising, of course. Moon is rising. I'm waiting till you get all three here. Okay. Moon is rising. Love is on my side. Getting up is growing old. <laughs> Which one of those are you most certain about? Moon is rising. Uh, well, you've missed one little word there. The moon is rising. But it's the moon is rising, indeed. I wasn't sure, yeah. That's correct. The moon is rising. It's 
still think that the moon is growing is so threatening. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's That would true. be a good horror story of just like, wait, is the moon growing? <laughs> Either a good horror story or a scene from the hit comedy Bruce Almighty. Wow. I mean, it didn't grow, it just got closer. I know, but it looked like... Reference Her tits works. grew. <laughs> uh, so let's go there. The moon is rising. And in this case, there means Latvia. Uh, last... I hope they win. I would love to go to Latvia. You would love to go to Latvia? Yeah. Well, we'll see if they can win it. Uh, last year, they sent Samantha Tina with her song... Fuck me, what was that one called? Uh, wow, bold still, name for a song. Still Breathing. That was the title of that one. Uh, a feminist masterpiece. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, luckily, luckily, they decided to give Samantha Tina a second chance. Uh, she has she has tried to represent Latvia many times in their national selections. Has finally uh, got the song that will take her to Eurovision here. And it is called... Now you know the, the the title. The moon is rising. The queen of the night is coming. The blood moon is rising. Get ready for it. Words cannot describe the joy I felt. When she started yelling, <laughs> the queen of the night is coming, the blood moon is rising. Yeah, I mean, the was not the only word that you left out there. Blood uh, was blood not... Blood moon? Blood was not in there. Uh, she does not say the moon is rising in that song. She says the blood moon is rising. It's very good. <laughs> This song is very, very good. For you, it would be, yeah. I mean, it's a fucking mess. But I only love that. What? <laughs> yeah, the premise of the show is that now you tell me what you think, how you feel. Uh, but I, you know, you are forgiven if you are struggling right now upon first, like, impact. I'm to process speechless. Uh, what occurred. Um, can I have some background on this? <laughs> Sorry? I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I, I I, want that black military jacket that the dancer to the left of her had. Oh, interesting. I want it so bad. It's so, it's such a good one. Uh, the one to the right of her just had, like, a Hamilton touring cast jacket. So, <laughs> I was like, I, I recognize that from Hamilton. Which means it's probably, like, an American military costume. It, that's, that's like... More those, than a Hamilton costume. Those costumes are inspired by, yes. If you have something to say, say it to my face. It has been somewhat of an inside joke between us for her. A couple of days now. Yeah, but I feel like it's something that we did want to talk about. Um, so we'll we'll be getting into that. Um, I don't know that I can provide this with any meaningful background that isn't obvious in the song itself. What's the... She speaks some Latvian. <laughs> nope. Then what is... Then what is the word she says that sounds like that's not okay? Is it just that's not okay? She says, that's not my case. 
which I assume like she's a liar. Yeah, sure, which I'm I'm assuming means like that ain't me. Not, oh, not for me. Okay, is like uh playing dirty. No, I won't do that. Not me. But I've never heard the expression "not my case" yeah. before, so I'm not sure if I'm interpreting that the right way. Uh, I've not seen anyone talking about the fact that the expression "not my case" is not something that exists, or or to my knowledge. Um, so we've all just accepted that because what is there to do but to say "yup" to this? Like how? Like uh, "yup." Well, you gonna fight her? Like, I don't think so. I don't think you're gonna fight her. She has a huge squad of, like, hot white women. And then some others at the, tacked on at the end. Yeah, and at the end, the lesbians come out. The um, lesbians, like, the uh, woman with dwarf is a bald woman. You know, children. Children. Uh, um... A very, uh, you know, that's that's one class of woman. Again, children who do not dance. <laughs> nope. Too busy studying for it's STEM. It's so important. It's so important. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Like, it's so overwhelming. It's so much. Yes. It's such a mess of a song. Like, it, it is not structured well. But, like, the sheer power of it makes up for so much. Yeah, uh, I th- yeah, I think you've put it you've put it perfectly with that. Like, if she wasn't yelling, this wouldn't be a good song. But she is yelling, so it's great. Uh, yeah, and what surprises me is that you didn't have that reaction to her song last year because it's essentially uh, it, it's the same kind of energy. Uh, it's the same kind of overwhelming, like you know, smack to the face uh, of like you know, woman just putting herself center and being saying how good she is at being a woman uh yeah but um, i think it's because she says the blood moon is rising yeah no, that <laughs> i does... think that does get me into uh, it a lot quicker is that like a menstruation thing oh is it i don't know i'm just thinking like what the fuck does that line <laughs> what is what is that what is it doing in here like is it just is it just raw as hell? Sure, it's just like, raw as hell. I'm like, how does that connect to the rest of it? Did she just play Breath of the Wild? I mean, it's a very good game. She yeah, may have maybe. played it anyway. If you've got something to say, say it to my face. I have to tell this story. You have to tell the whole story, and uh, that's that's. It's gonna take a while. It's gonna take a while, but like, let's go. Well, I mean, let's let's get into it. Maybe we'll get through it quicker. Um. <laughs> So there's this old woman in our neighborhood who had three extremely old dogs, and now she has two extremely old dogs. And the dogs are extremely ugly as well as being extremely old. They're like the... Yeah, I mean... The Maltesers, like the brown Maltesers. These little white, like dirty gray, uh, hairy, like, you know, long-haired little... Uh, the kind of dog an old woman has. You know, when you think of, like, an old woman with a little dog, you're kind of imagining, like... That dog. That ugly... Uh, three of them. She had three of them. They were very old. Like One of them was, like, 18. Yeah. It was very clear that she wasn't, you know, mentally great. 
And she would talk about, you know, being a Jehovah's Witness and believing that the coronavirus was God's punishment on Earth and the apocalypse was coming, etc. But she was otherwise, like, not harmful to us. Yeah, I mean, she would mostly talk to me about how her husband was dead and she had rats in her house and just very upsetting stuff. The, the thing that, like, old people do where they just tell you of all the heartbreak they've experienced yeah, in their great. lives. It's so weird. However, she also has the tendency of not leashing her shitty little dogs who also do not listen to her. One day, and this happened to you, not to me, uh, she was walking with her dogs off-leash, and you were walking with our perfect precious baby angel, Chica, on-leash... Yeah, I was coming from our, our little neighborhood dog park. There's a little dog park around the corner. And now we know, like, you know, the neighborhood dogs. When you live close to the city, like, like the dog park sees a lot of traffic of different people. And every day it's different dogs. Um, but now, yeah, for the past year or more, we've gone to, like, you know, our little neighborhood dog park. So we know, like, you know, the gossip Everyone and the old there. ladies who live here. Great um, gossip about a neighborhood dog. I mean, park, there is way. that. Like, great. Um, the hierarchy of it also. You do have to, like, learn that. Especially if you have a pit bull. A yeah. We have an American Stafford who is considered dangerous. Isn't she dangerous? Will I mean, she it doesn't, attack my dog? It doesn't matter who. Um, most people will start, who I don't know, but who will, like, talk about my dog, will start a conversation by either saying, like, oh, but they have a bad reputation. Or, like, you can tell she's sweet. They're not all like that. Uh, or, like, whatever it is, right? Like, I will get so much of that. Uh, because she's, yeah, she's, she's a... She's a, she's she's a, a big, big right? scary like, dog. She's not. She's really sweet. Of course... Sometimes dogs will fight. Dogs won't get along because they're dogs. Yeah. And in those cases, our dogs is often stronger than the other dog. It's like we're saying in this little neighborhood, there's a lot of like older women, a lot of whom will have smaller dogs. Yeah. So Chica is always going to be stronger than them. And that is dangerous. Like, no... Like, I, I don't We're think my dog is a that. dangerous dog. We're aware of that. But you can put them in dangerous situations. That's just your responsibility you need to take as a dog owner. Mm -hmm. However, if there's ever a problem, we are very good about, like, taking her out and apologizing and giving her information. So. Like, if there is ever a problem, which there almost has never been. No, very early on, she got into, like, a little bit of a fight with another dog, and I wasn't... I wasn't looking at her because, you know, I was cleaning up. Uh, and so I didn't see it. But, like, the owner of the other dogs and, and me, we, like, talked it out. And we decided, like, okay, we'll just not bring them on the dog park together. Because, you know, the other dog's a little scared of her now. And I don't want it to happen again. So we, we like... Yeah, just have to be reasonable. We are very it. reasonable people. So we're like, okay, we'll wait. We'll leave if you're there. And vice versa. It's all cool. All this just to say that one day I was coming back from the dog park, walking home, and this old uh, lady um, comes by with two of her dogs, one of which is off-leash. I don't know if they were both, but that one for sure was. And to my perception, that dog kind of, like, was wandering around her and wandered towards my dog, Chica, uh, who, you know, sees a little dog walking towards her with interest and thinks, I guess it's, I guess it's playtime. 
Um, and she's a strong dog, so... You and know, that she... was a very old, very small dog. That was a dog. very old, small dog that stepped up to her, and Chica thought, like, we can play. So she kind of threw her weight at that little, little goblin. Uh... Which is not that dog's fault. No, I don't... Yeah, it's no, I don't think so. It's just dogs. Right, it's that's a dog. That's just dogs. If your dog is not on leash, that's on you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it didn't it, like it didn't go great. But she, I, I, I will hold to the opinion of that situation that Chica wasn't attacking the dog. However, she's very heavy, yeah, and this old lady did perceive it that way. I immediately tried to apologize as I do, but I was basically not allowed to <laughs> because she immediately, like, yeah, I don't know, started yelling at me, saying that my dog always does this. Uh, blaming me while I was like, your dog is not on leash. Like that's Get that's on dog. you. If your dog, which is not on leash, doesn't follow you and runs at another dog, it's not my dog's fault. If and this happens to us so much. Like there was that other incident with like three chihuahuas on the street, like oh my coming God, around, keep a, forgetting about this. coming around a corner. So we didn't even see their owner at first and like coming towards like running at Chica barking off leash. And then their owner coming around the corner going, is she dangerous? And I'm like, if she were, it would be too late. Point. Yeah. Point about this old lady being, <laughs> she had never really like, Seen Chica do anything dangerous, had never talked to us as if she was dangerous. We had been on the dog park together, but in that instance, something like she decided Chica is dangerous, always attacks my dogs, is always violent, and, and like spoke to me in that tone. No, you told me that there was like some dude who was working out on the grass next to this incident who also was like, no, you should leash your dog. Who was on your side, so that helps yeah, in and that I situation. Like, I know I don't like to lose my temper, but I, I did, because you know, you you come at my dog for no reason and I, I get and a little mad. She's, she's my baby. She's my baby and I get a little mad. And since then this woman has not left us alone. Basically. It's been like six months. Just she's been talking to everyone at the dog park behind our backs about how dangerous Chica is. Every time she sees us, she, like, walks by muttering angrily to herself. Yeah, it, it certainly does seem that way. And, I tr yeah, I've tried to, like, ignore it for a very long time. Uh, then, like, like, a week or two ago, for some reason, she was walking by the dog park. And there's this other woman who has a little small dog that's... That she's she's very protective of her of her dog, like many like many women are, and so she was like half on the phone, uh, calling someone, like probably had an important phone call, and picked her little dog that she's very protective of off of of the ground uh, as this old lady was passing by with her two dogs, uh, and this yeah, and and you know Chica just sees a dog, so she runs towards the fence, uh, but I'm like, don't go to this old lady, you know she doesn't like you, but like I mean you don't know that, but I know that. Uh, we try to, like, avoid that other dog. It's it, it just, you know, all of the politics of it um, that caused this woman, who had, who, had, who had, granted, like, really been stewing silently every time we saw her, caused her to suddenly really, really start, like, laying into me. Like, really telling me that, uh, is she still doing that to, like, her? And I was like, she, is she still doing what? 
She's not even doing anything right now. And she what, was like she five never beaners away, just pissing. But she, yeah, but no, she was <laughs> she was like overwhelmed because she saw two dogs outside the park. So she ran towards them and then like couldn't get to them. So was like excited. But it's like you can tell when she's excited. It's not aggression. This is probably not very interesting to people who don't have dogs. I feel like we've been very good about, like, not constantly telling dog stories yeah. on this podcast. Um, but what's the, <laughs> the point here is, like, she got very angry at me. I got very defensive. I got very angry right back at her. And I'm always, I always hate it when I get back home and I'm like, oh, I got so angry. And, like, that to me, you know, shows, shows a weakness to some extent that I don't really like. But, you know, it happened. You know, everyone loses their temper sometimes. I also lost my temper at that fucking dude a couple of weeks ago. Um, it just that now a couple of days ago, <laughs> I was on the dog park alone with Chica. It was just me and my dog. <laughs> and a woman with a Jack Russell who, you know, we're friendly with, who is able to play next to Chica on the dog park without any issue. This is gonna be um, like 10 minutes. I'm just say, this is like 10 minutes of I dog I was chat. hoping we could keep this short. Um, I see her arriving and I see the old woman also arriving and I'm on the other end of the dog park so I don't like hear them talking but they talk for a very long time outside the fence of the dog park obviously about me it's that We're, obviously it, it's about like, it's Chica. like when you're already on the on the park and someone else is about to come on but this woman is talking to like that you other know person. that she's it's like, like warning them yeah. about our dangerous dog but this woman a few, obviously a few had, days ago like, she was she, a few days ago i saw her on the dog park with another dog owner and i was like okay i'll just keep walking because i'm like i'm able to ignore that so i walk around the block and i come back and they leave, like, at the same time, leaving the dog park yeah. empty for me. And I was just like, I hope you didn't tell that other dog owner that my dog is dangerous because she isn't. You know she did, because that's what she's been doing for months. She's been talking about <laughs> uh, behind our back. and which Not is what she was, Which is what she was doing, like, now, like, within sight of me to this, to this woman who knows Chica, has played with Chica and her dog together before, but, like, still, like, came up to the fence and was like, it's okay for me to come on, right? And I was like, yeah, of course, like, we know each other. And so she comes on and the old lady, like, walks, walks ahead. And I just tell her, like, hey, listen, that woman has been harassing us for months now, don't listen to her. Chica is fine. And if anything happens, like, we'll leave and it, it'll be fine. She has her harness on. I can yank her away. Don't worry about Chica. And this, like, super old woman has fucking <laughs> hawk ears. Fucking heard me say that. And suddenly, like, yells at me. If you have something to say, say it to my face. And at the moment, I just was like, oh, like, you're constantly going after us for nothing. Like, fuck off, bitch. I didn't say fuck off, bitch, but, like, had that. And she went, ugh, and, like, left. Uh, and it wasn't yeah. until she had fully left that I realized that her saying, if you have something to say, say it to my face, 
after gossiping about us for six months is the funniest thing anyone has ever said to me in my life. But what do you say to that? It's like, what do you say to that? What you say to that is you fucking put your mask on, be safe, get up real close to her, and say, yeah, actually, I do have something to say. First of all, shut the fuck up about me and my dog. Second of all, leave my boyfriend alone. Third of all, if I ever see your ugly fucking dogs off leash again, I'll eat them myself. Just a lot of, just a lot of lies and, uh... It's, it's... The uh, dog park drama is... uh, I don't want to be in the middle of it ever, but I just by virtue of having (laughs) a pit bull type dog, can people stop freaking out about it? Like, yes, she's strong and we have to be careful not to put her in dangerous situations, but guess what? Everyone with a dog needs to do that. Um, so it's not great, but it's good. It's good. We like living here, though. <laughs> that's, if that's like the worst part of living here is like dog microaggressions, yeah. then you know we can deal with that. We were dealing that with that in the city too. Yeah, it's not like it just started and we didn't get it. She she has always been a pit bull type. Uh, so anyway, if you've got something to say, say it to our face. Say it to our Twitter. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you if can't... you have a pit bull type dog, send us a picture. If you have one of those ugly old lady dogs, also send us a picture. I'm sure they're actually yeah. Adorable. And tell us like something good about them. You know, tell us something good about your dog, so that we don't associate those kinds of dog necessarily with old bitches. <laughs> Honestly, fuck that lady. I did. I did, in fact, call her an old bitch, upon which she said, you need therapy. And I was like... Yeah, but not because of that. Yeah, I didn't say... Yeah, not because... Yeah, I didn't say that. But I should have just been like, that is that is correct. <laughs> that is true. Uh, not because of aggression issues, though. Because, like, I specifically ho- hold my anger pent up for a very long time. And then I, and then I like suddenly start yelling at someone, and I afterwards feel very ashamed. So you would actually need therapy what? for your aggression issues. Then. No, no, I don't know what I don't. That think. is the definition of an aggression mm. issue, babe. No, no, I think an aggression issue is when you're constantly aggressive. I mean, that is also exactly, and I'm not that. That that is true. You're not constantly. So shut the fuck up about sending me a therapy, all right? <laughs> Anyway, we have two more songs. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so sorry, listeners, that that took so long. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm. I hope I was able to cut something out and still make that story make sense. Mm. Uh, if not, I hope you were able to find some joy in our dog stories. Um. Oh shit! Is love is on my side? Love is on. Yeah. My side. That is correct. Woo! I did it! Yeah! Love is On My Side is our second song for this episode. Uh, This one is coming to us from Portugal. Ooh, okay. The winner of their Festival de Canchao was the Black Mamba. Black Mamba. The Black Mamba. I know, I know who it is. (laughs) I know what the song's called, but you know that as well. It's it's called Love is on My Side. Exactly. So let's listen to Portugal's entry for Eurovision 2021. 
It's the Block Mamba and... Love is on my side. Did I say Block? Did block I... Mamba. Did I... did I say Block Mamba? Le Mamba Block. L- love is on my side. And yet I believe that I believe that oh, love is on my oh, side. I hate him. The song is fine. I hate him. I hate everything he chose to do with his voice, with his face, and with his body. Including the clothes he put on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Including the clothes. That includes the clothes he put on the body, yeah. This made me feel such boiling (laughs) disgust. I truly thought the song was bad for like a minute and a half until I realized like no it is just him. Yeah, that's the thing. The song is the song is at least melodically sort of appealing. The song could be on like the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. As in it's like music that sounds American to Japanese people but is clearly not sung by someone who natively speaks American. Exactly. But does put on a very fake American accent. Yeah. And like uses their vocal inflection to do a lot of like fake little American inflections. To be fair, we do this too. We don't speak American either, but we have some American tones in our voice. Yeah, but- it's because we learned American from Mija. But it's it, it's someone who yeah who in in their presentation of their voice puts a lot of American uh, pronunciations in it that would not be a problem if they were coming from someone who actually speaks like that. But they are very fake. It's very I mean, and it is a performance, but it is it is just very yeah. It's a lot on top. It's so put on. I'm gonna put this on the Spotify playlist. Right? Right. Because I'm going to put every song that you can listen to on on a Spotify playlist that you can listen to. I'm going to do that. Okay. I want you to at least once listen to it. Not seeing him. I'll probably like it more. And I'm going to ask you to instead of imagine, instead of imagining him, imagining some kind of androgynous woman. I was literally about to say, like, if the singer from France... Did this song? I would love it. Yeah, no, I'm just saying even this voice. Oh, even this voice? Imagine if this was Macy Gray or Tracy Chapman. Imagine if this was a woman with a very striking, raspy voice, and suddenly you're going to hear this pretty decent song and think, oh, okay, I can see what they're going for here. No, the problem is I think this song would be really good if I sang it. I want to sing this song. Anyone but him. This fucking... Right, but all I'm saying like, is that worse Lin-Manuel even, Miranda type I'm dude. saying even the voice is fine if you imagine a different face on it. There's a lot of, like, you know, the fake Americanism. It works if you're imagining an American person singing it. Mm. The problem is... This is a song about, like, a woman's story. This is about, like, a prostitute. It's like... I really? S- I, I still I, believe... I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics because I was 
too busy just like yeah it's about the sort making of, sure my skeleton stayed inside my skin it's it's you know the 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 perspective of the eye character is like kind of recounting like i have you know i've i've made bad decisions but i still believe that love is on my side and it's like i don't yeah it's like i don't know why i still believe that and i mean one thing is why do men gotta write about prostitutes they do be writing about prostitutes uh, but then why do it in the first person and then sing it yourself. Because did he write this song? Yes. Yeah, see, this is bad of him. I, it's just... It's Give just this kind of, song to someone else. You have to know that you're not the one. I, I just don't quite have, like, the nuanced take to give uh, of, of how that's bad or what, what, like, that means. It just kind of doesn't... It doesn't really sit right with me. But like I said, there there is something appealing to it in a pure audio form when I can imagine him not wearing the white hat and the suit and the bow tie and not it and it not being him. Um what makes it worse is that this is Portugal's first ever entry in English. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is all in the fake American. There's no Portuguese in this. Nope. That is new. The first time Portugal have done that. And it's this. And it's for this. He does genuinely look like a bad Lin-Manuel Miranda. There was and one... I already <laughs> don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> there was one other song in English in the Portuguese national final that people thought... Oh, this might win it because it was a sad boy on a piano. It was too much like Duncan Lawrence that people were like, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna choose this." Um, it. I also didn't like it. Uh, people are like, "No, Portugal, stay in Portuguese. Don't give up your tradition of singing in Portuguese for for like a, a sad boy." Uh, they did. Then they were like, "Okay, we won't do that. We'll give it up for the Black Mamba instead." I don't know. It. They like just the shock of seeing this win. I was like, "Wait, sorry, what just happened?" It's this, uh, like the forties, like the thirties, like speakeasy vibe and the camera, like the filter. It's just when are we? We're not early twenty tens anymore. When this was like acceptable. Yeah, you know what? There is that. This this does feel like something that would have been at Eurovision in in like ten years ago, and seeing it now, we'd be like, "Oh my god, what the, what even is this?" You know, seeing it ten years later, you're like, "Why did you think bringing Dita Von Tees on stage would get you any points?" Nobody. Everyone no, has seen her nobody, Architectural Digest like house cares. tour, and everyone hated it. I mean. I don't feel. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, it's the worst one. Uh, Germany did, in fact, bring Diedemontis on stage uh, in in like like around ten years ago. Really? Um, and I mean, it was. Tita von Tees has been on the Eurovision stage? Yes, but in, in her in, in that case it was like As a dancer. Or... Yeah, and they specifically like kind of didn't didn't really show her that much, just out of the the, the kind of fear of like, well it's Tita von Tees and she's like a striptease dancer. You know, she does burlesque. 
she gets naked. And so she was kind of like, she was there, but she was framed very poorly. And it was kind of weird. I wasn't there in the Eurovision sphere when this was happening, but I always, that performance always just like was a mess to me. Cause I was like, why is she here? And why is she not like really a central part of this performance? Anyway, why did I, why was I saying that? Yeah. Cause it's the kind of like embarrassing, cool choice that someone made in Eurovision 10 years ago. We've gotten to a point where people like don't really do gimmicks like that anymore and usually go for like a song. So it's nice that he wrote this. Uh, it's, I think it's also just because like we have the technology now to make it actually look like a 1940s video. Like we we have better filters than this. Oh right, it's just the the filter that's on here at the start is so yeah, cheap. It's, just, it's black and white and a little film grain. Yeah, like we watched Wandavision. Everyone saw it. Yeah, that wasn't live. It was live to Wanda. She was living it, <laughs> and then. It was military propaganda, as all Marvel movies are. What a disappointment. That show and this song. Anyway, growing up is getting old. Getting old is growing up. <laughs> what are you going for? Any combination of those words. Growing old... Hmm. Up old, growing getting, is growing getting. Up old is growing getting. Uh, from Bulgaria, Victoria is returning. Uh, she brought... Returning victorious. Well, maybe. Last year, she uh, would have performed Tears Getting Sober at Eurovision. Yes! Uh, was was very uh, sad to not get to perform that. This it was a good song. It was, it was good. Um, this year, she... Uh, they basically released an EP of possible Eurovision songs, and then in a televised show, she performed them all, and it was selected which one was going to be performed at Eurovision. So it was always going to be one of the one of the tracks off the uh, off the EP, but the uh, song that won the selection basically was "Growing Up Is Getting Old." Oh, okay, that's the one. I mean, it really is. Which means that for Bulgaria at this year's Eurovision Song Contest, it's Victoria and... Growing up is getting old. I'm torn by nervous systems again. Growing up is getting old. Anxiety is draining. Getting up is growing Yeah. <laughs> I know that she didn't actually do that, but like every time I you often see like art... <laughs> sorry, you know that she didn't actually do that? No, I know she didn't actually like time travel and like see or like see her young self yeah. in a dreamscape. But every time you you hear like, oh if you met your younger self, what would you say? Or like, you know, artists being like I wrote. I I did a little comic about me meeting my younger self and telling them that it was gonna be all right. And I'm just like, man, I wish I could meet young me. 
Because, like, that bitch was awkward as hell. Yeah. I always get a little... I feel a little isolated when I see things like, I was so happy as a child and now I've grown up and life is so much more complicated. Because I was a ball of anxiety from birth. Yeah. So I wasn't a particularly happy... I didn't have a I bad childhood yeah. in any sense of the I, word. I get what you're going for, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't a particularly happy child. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I'm just not a particularly happy... I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty happy person. I'm, I'm, but, you know, I have many thoughts all the time and I've always had many thoughts all the time so it's like yeah no I didn't really have any point in my life where I was like uncomplicated where I felt like life was not complicated yeah however like in hindsight the things that you found complicated as a child might not be you know as complicated as as they were yeah but I don't really remember the things I thought were complicated I just always remembered the feeling, feeling of just feeling like I like no things were complicated yeah. yeah yeah no i get that but you know it would would be illuminating to speak to my younger self you know and this is i'm gonna say something that's really revealing i guess about me but rather than the thought of like ooh, i what would i say to my younger self i'm like no 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 forget about that time paradox what moment in my life would i just redo brain jumping into my old self like butterfly effect style? And being way cooler with the knowledge that I have now. Like what and I'm I'm not meaning like ooh, Back I'll predict, to that woman. I'll predict the I'll predict the lottery number. No, no. it's like I won't yell at that old woman. Sure, I'll have a good com- it's comeback. Something like that. It's like the shower moment of like, oh I should have said that. But not so much for like, ooh, what would I have done two weeks ago? But like, what about that one time when I was fourteen? When oh this my god, happened? yeah, no. Could I have instead maybe I've done this, or just being like, okay, I know all this now. What if we were able to rewind time with all the knowledge I have now, take me back to when I was 14, and I could start <laughs> start being really cool from, from that point. Um, but that's just kind of like, what, that's ridiculous. That That's all happened. I, um, I wish I could go back in time. Like, yeah, butterfly effect style, jump back into my younger self and just tell my parents in my adult now voice, hey, I need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I like need, that. I need like, I'm like mentally ill. But it's just that. It's a sort of like, oh, the things you you weren't able to say to your parents because you didn't know how to communicate or the, the things you, you wish you would have like recognized about yourself that you would now know that you're like, well... I could have done a lot better there. Or like, like yeah. Or like in life in general. And, and to some extent, it is, it is like, oh, life back then was easier. Let me, and I, I me, and I still messed it up. Now I know how I would not, how I shouldn't mess that up. So let me go do that again and not mess it up this time. Uh, is this why people have nightmares about high school? Uh, no, I think it's just the sheer trauma of going to school and like tests. That, like that is no a lifelong trauma right? that ev- like that everyone who went to school has, and it's not like a terrible trauma. It's a very normal thing to happen, but I do think it is you know long term long term traumatic in in the you know most definitional sense of that word. Um, sounds good. <laughs> makes me makes you think, don't it? Does it make you think? Did it make you think? It made me think about like yeah, my 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 life and. 
having anxiety as a kid and having anxiety as an adult and, you know, being depressed and getting sick as a teenager and all the the moments that make you grow up. Right, yeah, it's like, I mean, you're constantly doing it, but it does feel like, you know, every every experience that, yeah, and- that sticks with you as a trauma or that sticks with you as a memory is is a thing that made you grow up. It's like that that triggered your growth spurt rather than like it was constantly happening and just now we noticed. You know? It, like it's yeah, it's it's weird how like the the bad things that happen to you and that stick with you are the moments where you feel like you grow up. And the the good moments, the happy moments are moments of childhood. And the more bad things happen to you and the more bad things stick to you, the more grown up you start feeling and being grown up and being old just means being miserable by that logic. Yeah, growing old just means getting three ugly dogs and shouting at other dog owners on the street. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's it's thinking about those big traumatic events in your life and yeah, being yeah. like, that's what made me who I am. Well, it's like, well, who I am is someone who is missing six full months from their life. <laughs> Because she was incredibly sick mm-hmm. and just in such a traumatic, constant way that she just does not remember any of it. Yeah, I mean that'll that'll do you. I had whooping cough <laughs> oh, yeah. As a, when I was seventeen. I had whooping cough, and it's and I don't remember it. And it was six months of my life. That's that's a thing about me. And I just every now and then I think about it. I'm just like, well. What if I didn't get whooping cough? Yeah. What if that had not? And also, like, what if happened? I remembered it? Because I was talking to it about it to my therapist. Like, I, I wish I could remember that period of my life because I don't remember it. And he was like, "Why? It sounds like you had a bad time it the was whole. Bad. It sounds like you had a bad time the whole time. You were quarantined for months in your room." Uh, coughing until you passed out or threw up and then waking up from being passed out by another coughing fit is what that sounds like, is what happened, is what I do remember, is just that feeling. Um, Yeah, you thought you were going to die for six months. Maybe it's best if you don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, shit, dude, you're right. (laughs) And I was a lot happier after accepting, like, oh, I'm just not going to remember that and that's going to be fine. And that's growing up, is going to therapy. <laughs> yeah, but growing up is going to therapy is less of a pithy song title than the very witty growing up is getting old. But you know, it, it, it is also the thing of like, well, the older you get, the more bad shit is going to happen to you because time exists. Just the more things are going to happen to you, the more, like, all good and bad, you know? So bad things are going to happen, keep happening. And that's going to get old really fucking quick, man. Yeah, it's like, when do bad things stop happening? Never. No, because they're constantly happening. Because um, everything is constantly happening. Yeah, but that's why, like, the, the message of it is essentially, like, you know, get up for the next day. Yeah. Um, which is, which is small victory. Um, I I never really like it when a song has like a lesson at the end. I get that though, and I I know and it's I'm, just like don't suddenly turn to the audience and say like it's okay if you're depressed, just get up the next day. And just like I don't think eh. she I don't think she quite does it, but she doesn't quite do it. I'm okay. saying like 
I will okay. give this song a pass okay. because it sounds like she's saying it to herself. She does frame it that way, and I like it. So and I, I don't want you. <laughs> so no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I was getting to the point where I was gonna say, but I don't mind it yeah. as much here. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to, you know, draw the parallel again, bizarrely, uh, between her, uh, between Victoria and Roxanne, uh, for her self love amnesia song, right? Yeah. You're not alone. You're not alone. She also sings to an audience. And Victoria ends her song here also by by addressing a you in the song, you know. Uh, <laughs> One. You know, you, you yeah. the audience. Both kind of doing what you're saying is like giving, giving a, giving a, I, I have felt bad in my life. You're not alone kind of thing to the audience. And um, this is not necessarily a thing of like, which one's better than the other? But it's just like, why does... Which of these works, I guess. Because you you've, you've found yourself thinking that amnesia was all right, right? I found myself thinking that amnesia was all right upon a re-listen. Because I was doing something else. I think if I'm focused on the song, and I'm not, like, cooking at the same time or whatever, I do really feel like it's so repetitive. But... Just hearing snippets of it as I'm focused yeah. on something else, I'm like, well, I, I don't hate the message of this. Yeah, I just think with this, this has, this definitely feels more, um, I don't know if uplifting is the right word, but it, but that is kind of what I mean. I think it's, it's, it's more like talking to you as me. It's, it's the, Terry Pratchett writes about it really well in his, um, in the Tiffany Aching books, which are, God, so good. They're, some of his best work which is saying something but he describes it as you have your first thoughts and your second thoughts mm -hmm. and then you know tiffany is a witch so she has third thoughts and your first thoughts are i feel like shit i'm hungry i'm sad i'm tired sure, yeah. i don't want to get up and your second thoughts are I just realized that this is literally like the therapy method that my therapist has been trying to teach me. It, like, it's literally <laughs> like the self-help psychology book that he forced it upon me. I'm like, oh, I already knew this because of Terry Pratchett. The second thought are you watching yourself have your first thoughts. So this song is Victoria's second thoughts talking to her first thoughts. Right, because she frames it especially as, like, childhood memories, looking at her childhood, looking at, yeah, growing up specifically about, like, recontextualizing experiences. Yeah. It's, it's like, even, even textually, like, yeah, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, when you get stuck in, like, an anxiety loop or, like, in, in negative spiraling thoughts, yeah. the way to get out of that is not to, like, try to bury them or, like, try to ignore them. It is to go into your second thoughts, as per Terry Pratchett, and say, I notice that I am feeling sad about this yeah. thing. I notice that I am feeling self-hate right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this song does that really well in the thing, in, in just giving me the feeling of, like, I'm not alone because mm -hmm. I'm also here. Sure, okay. I'm not alone in my thoughts because I am noticing myself having thoughts. It's like telling yourself when you're right. saying so when, mean yes. things about yourself, saying, stop saying mean things so about when, my so friend. So when Victoria says you at the end, she means me. When Roxanne says you, she means us. She, she means us. 
which is, you know, both valid, but might be why, yeah, this somehow feels... I don't like being talked to as an audience. I like identifying with a singer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that. Get that. I like this. I like the song being about me. I like, yeah. You impersonate the singer for the time that you are listening to the song. You're imagining yourself in this song. And when it's like, yeah, when when a song addresses the audience, I'm always just like, "Mm." But am I singing this? Right. So when, yeah, when Roxanne says you, it's it's you listening. When Vincent Bueno says, is this what you wanted? That's not me. That's not me. I am Vincent Bueno. That's my ex. Living the, the, the feeling of the phrase, is this what you wanted? I'm like, I know what that feels like. I know what that means. The you there is like not, that's not me. Yeah. When Meatloaf sings, I'm dying at the bottom of a pit in the blazing sun. Yeah. All torn and tor- twisted at the foot of a blazing pike. Uh-huh. And I think somebody somewhere must be tolling a bell. And the last thing I see is my heart. That's me. I'm doing that. This is all me, by the way. There's no you in that, but... <laughs> yeah, but I'm the last thing... But the thing you I- yeah. who took the words right out of Meatloaf's mouth, that is me. <laughs> I do I do feel like I'm seen when he says that. Is this why I don't like a lot of crooners? Like, this is why I maybe don't like a Michael Buble. Because I'm just like, I don't want this man singing to me. I want to be the man singing. Right, it's like I cannot relate to what is being... I, I cannot see the... There's no personal journey in this that I can, like, be in. I can't, like, yeah. put myself in the... Can't look Frank Sinatra this- doing Angel Eyes is, like... This is me feeling this about someone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like being sang too. <laughs> Interesting. Happy birthday is my least favorite song. The you in that though. That's if I me. sing happy, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I feel like we've solved music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the help of Jim Steinman. With the help of Jim Jim Steinman and uh, these three songs that we've listened to today. Uh, now I really like I, I really like Victoria's song. I think Tears Getting Sober had more of a climax that like did the work by itself. It was a little more cohesive of a song. However, I do think like the end here where she where she almost goes a cappella and and does you know the moral of it brings me back. I feel like her and growing up is getting old. I'm like oh this is just a little bit too floaty to like hook me into like thinking this is a climax to his song. But then, like, a- as in the video, she looks at the camera and, you know, says says the the, the keep going message. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's really nice. That's really nice. That's really nice. Okay, um, special shout out to the lyrics, playing Tetris with my feelings. I... Yeah. Trying to make them fit or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. A plus. There's good stuff in this. There's gold. Just, I, I, yeah, I think as far as like writing a, a song like this goes, I'm like, this is how I want it to be done. Because I'm like, this may not be like, you know, my favorite kind of thing. It doesn't do quite as much as, as Tears Getting Sober. But both of those use really like good language to capture a concept. Yeah. yeah. Playing Tetris with my feelings. I'm like, cool. Immediately understand. I know that. Um, also, another special shout out to her hair in this video. It is so <laughs> smooth and shiny. 
beautiful waves, gorgeous hair. That's the kind of hair I want to have, but like bigger. <laughs> <laughs> bigger? Bigger. The you in that song, bigger than you and me, that's trickier. <laughs> Am I the you? Am I the me? I don't know. We've solved music, but sadly we have not solved our ultimate puzzle. What's the what's the D&D characters for these guys? Um, high-level cleric for... Samantha Teen is a cleric, high-level cleric? Okay. Yeah, because I play a reason, like, a level 9 cleric, which isn't, which is pretty high-level, um, and it's the most powerful feeling in the world. Oh, it's just about, about the feeling of power. Yeah, I think that's fair. Clerics are the most powerful I think any, a lot class. of high-level classes will feel very powerful, so whatever she is, she's very high-level. I think that's, that's something we can pin. Uh, yeah, but she has, like, some divine, you know, strength to her. Yeah, feel like. she's a ruler. Um, little shitty goblin bard. <laughs> so that so he gets barred. He gets barred because One he the, did write a good song, but he is a goblin. Oh, that's 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 actually good. That's actually a really compelling character where you're just like he writes beautiful music, but god damn. God, he still is a goblin though. And then at the end, time travel wizard. Time travel wizard. Yeah, wizard. <laughs> So join us next time as we solve three more songs and solve three more D&D classes. Apparently that's something we do on the show too. We don't have to. You can cut that out. I'm not. You're the one who does it. You're the one who want you do. Who, you're the one who got to do it. Okay. Well, okay. Let's let, let's do it again next time on Eurovision. <laughs> I was trying to get to the end. Sorry. And to find out if we solve anything else, tune in for the next episode when we'll be talking about more songs from this year's Eurovision Song Contest. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Eurodivision and leave a review and a rating on whichever podcast app you use. It'll really help us out. Don't forget to send us your pet pics. We wish to see them. And until next time, good night, Euro. Good night, Euro. And good night, Jim Steinman. Good night, sweet prince. Good night, sweet, sweet <laughs> prince. I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out he wrote that. The phrase, good night, sweet yeah. prince? I know that's like Shakespeare, but like... He is like Shakespeare. He is like Shakespeare. He's our modern day Shakespeare. <laughs>